What up fam, I'm Elena, a certified nutrition coach, personal trainer, and hormone specialist. I'm a former public educator turned holistic fitness coach, and I'm on a mission to disrupt diet culture and educate individuals on how they can heal their gut issues, hormone imbalance, and food relationships caused by chronic dieting, inflammation, and autoimmune or chronic illness. My philosophy for coaching is simple. Eat more, move better, feel amazing, because life is too short to feel like shit. So let's dive in. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 60 of What the Funk. I'm Alea. I am a metabolism and hormone coach um, here, which is just essentially a fancy way of saying I'm a functional nutrition coach and online personal trainer, but I'm really over the weird rep that like calling yourself functional gets in the fitness industry. So I am currently going to call myself a metabolism and hormone coach because I can do what I want um, and don't want to sound too pretentious, I suppose. Does it really matter? I don't know. Anyway, um, I'm Elena. I am an online metabolism and hormone coach, and I am on a mission to help us not feel like shit. Um, because too many people walk around living in bodies that they don't feel at home in and thinking it's totally normal. And I am not here for that. So today we're chatting about optimizing your gut to support your hormone health. All right, we're gonna dive right on in today, friends. All right, poor gut health and its impact on hormone imbalance is the first topic of the episode. Um, so gut health um, or potentially poor diversity of bacteria can contribute to various diseases, um, specifically impacting sex hormone imbalance. Um, so when we talk about the gut microbiome, um, there's roughly um, a thousand bacterial species that have been identified. And some scholars even consider the microbiome its own organ because it's such a vast array of bacteria. And it's the largest ecosystem in the body. And so it impacts a lot of things. But most notably today, we're talking about its impact on hormone health. So the microbiome and the balance of either commensal or opportunistic, good or bad bacterias, can impact the levels of sex hormones within the body, um, can potentially contributing to things even like PCOS and diabetes. Um, and so uh, what do we need to know about optimizing gut function so we don't have excess PMS, we're not dealing with estrogen dominance, we're not dealing with um, you know more severe impact of our PCOS diagnosis if you are somebody who has PCOS. I know for me with endometriosis, um, when my gut health started improving, my estrogen clearance and my estrogen metabolites improved and I stopped having a severe of symptoms. Like, I don't know about that. That sounds pretty good to me. Um, especially if you have endometriosis or any other like reproductive issues. If you have severe PMS, if you've been on hormonal birth control for a long time, you probably have some gut issues alongside your reproductive health issues. Not only that, but when we start dealing with the impact of the digestive health um, or the impact of digestive health and you have poor digestive health and a lot of chronic sort of issues coming into play, that puts a lot of stress on the body, which can subsequently impact the adrenals, which can subsequently impact your mental health, which can subsequently impact your thyroid health. So it really has a domino effect. If your gut is fucked up, you're probably going to have more problems than just your gut. Okay, so let's get into a how do we manage this? Okay, so food quality is the first thing. And here's the thing. Most of us are not eating enough nutrients. 
Okay. Um, and I'm going to kind of run down a list of things that we need to keep into consideration. Um, and don't come for me on some of these things. Okay. I'm just spouting facts, like for real, for real. Probiotics and fermented foods and supporting a diversity of nutrients within the gut microbiome can be really beneficial. So um, using like yogurt, kefir, sauerkraut, kimchi, all of these things have been known to kind of help um, improve the commensal bacteria within the gut microbiome and help also re-inoculate if you've had kind of like poor gut health in the past. Um, I am always going to err on the side of I prefer to have people um, get a food variety in before we start bringing in probiotics because sometimes like a probiotic supplement can add potentially more fuel to the fire unless we really have done like a solid elimination diet where we've starved the bacteria using like a low FODMAP diet and then slowly refed those FODMAPs up and then we're now re-inoculating with a broad spectrum probiotic, right? Um, or we've done like a GI map that gives us kind of a clearer picture of exactly what we're dealing with from a bacterial balance standpoint. Um, but a balanced microbiome will contribute to better digestion and absorption of nutrients, okay? And nutrient deficiencies also can contribute to thyroid dysfunction as well as sex hormone dysfunction. Um, and so supporting with probiotics um, or probiotic rich food, like fermented foods can be really beneficial. Um, when we're talking about like, if you had to go dairy free for a little while, one of the things I like to have my clients reintroduce when it comes to dairy, we really focus on the quality of dairy. And I always recommend like a full fat organic, like dairy product as if you're going to have dairy, make it a really good one. So you get all of the benefits, all the benefits of that dairy product versus something that's really been kind of, that's like low fat, very highly processed, lots of added sugars. It's kind of been stripped of a lot of the nutrients that would otherwise be available in it. And they're like, you want me to eat a full fat dairy product? Like, yes, it's not the end of the world. Fat is not bad. Dietary fats are really, really good. And eating like a full fat dairy product as part of like a well-rounded diet is sometimes something that people can actually have, even if they've previously had issues with dairy prior. Okay, moving on. Dietary fiber. If you got in more fruits, more vegetables, um, more legumes, and some more high quality grains into your diet, this would also be beneficial. We need fiber to help move food through the system. <laughs> If you catch my drift, you need fiber to poop on a regular basis. Um, and if you're not eating a fiber rich diet or getting in plenty of fiber throughout the day and introducing a fruit or a vegetable at every single meal or snack that you're eating throughout the day, which is a really easy way to do it without stressing about like, how am I going to fit in all these fruits? Just add a fruit or vegetable onto whatever you would normally eat. It's not that big of a deal. Um, <laughs> and if you need help doing it and you're struggling to get it done, Hire a coach and we'll help you figure out how that looks. Um, but I always say if we can add some fruit into breakfast and add in, um, I like to do like a like a potato or like a rice, um, you know, at dinner and lunch. And people, you're like, Elena, you're telling people to eat potatoes, to eat rice. Yes, potatoes and rice are actually pretty nutrient dense and pretty amazing foods. Um, and they can be really beneficial, but we're afraid of carbs as a society. So we tend to avoid them, <laughs> but they're actually really, really good. Um, and we also introduce like a green vegetable on the side of that or some kind of other vegetable that's not a, um, a root-based vegetable in addition to like a root base and a grain base. And we build the majority of our meals 
are like that, you're going to get in a lot more fiber into your diet as well as a lot more minerals and nutrients. Like we said, again, lack of nutrients, nutrient deficiencies can cause hormone imbalance. So we need to get more nutrients as well as more fiber. Additionally, um, we want to just be aware of processed foods and sugar. And no, 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 I'm not telling you to not eat eat the pop tart or the donut or whatever it is that you're going to eat or the chocolate or whatever. Lord knows I always have a baked good in my house. I'm making, I always have cookie dough in the freezer. I always, or like a cake of some kind. I love my gluten-free baking and I'm having something every single day, but it's like a something. It's not like I'm having a treat at every single meal. It's like I'm having one thing that's kind of like a higher sugar no nutrient value whatsoever. What I like to call soul food, because even though it doesn't really offer a lot of nutrient value, it's very good to eat and it's delicious. But the rest of my day is a protein source, a vegetable, rice, potatoes. I'm putting sauces and condiments and spices on things. I'm not just eating boiled chicken and steamed broccoli with no salt on it. That'd be disgusting. But I'm being very cognizant of when I wake up, I'm making a skillet with some vegetables and some potatoes and some eggs, or I'm making a bowl of oatmeal and adding in some nuts and seeds and fruit into that. Or I'm doing baked oats that has lots of good like berries. Berries are so fiber rich. Um, and then adding in some additional protein in there in the form of egg whites. Or my lunch is gonna be a protein-based lunch that has a lot of vegetables and green stuff in it. Um, and then at the end of the night, I'm having like, a few cookies or like a slice of cake. Like that's the balance, right? I'm having something every day, but if you looked at my food intake throughout the day, the majority of my foods are gonna be single ingredient whole food items, okay? Part of this is because um, when we have excessive sugar intake and excessive processed foods, this disrupts the balance of the bacteria and can contribute to inflammation. And it can actually feed opportunistic bacteria, which can further drive imbalances. So it's not just that these foods are like, they don't have a ton of nutrients. We're also talking about your gut health. So we really have to take a look at food quality first when it comes to gut health. We're talking getting in more fermented foods, getting in more fiber, and getting in more single ingredient whole food items, and just being cognizant of how much processed foods and sugar we're bringing in. Again, these things aren't bad. You're not going to grow two heads if you eat a Pop-Tart, but like, can you maybe like have like half a Pop-Tart and make like an omelet? Like, can we balance it out just a little bit? Um, so things to consider there. Um, and that's something that I talk a lot with my clients about too, is we take a look at everything and we're like, how do we get more nutrients into the day? What is a realistic and maintainable balance of foods that have zero nutrients, but are really tasty to eat and the stuff that I know that I should eat and need to eat. And part of that is you need to learn how to cook like to a degree, learn how to cook and meal prep foods in a way that tastes good. That's half the battle, right? Um, but also it's that you have to be willing to be bad at something in order to get good at it. So a lot of people are like, well, I don't like how I make things. Well, then try making it differently. Trial and error is a huge part of learning what we like and what we don't like. But I'm sorry, ripping open a package is not a trial and error figuring out what foods you like. Actually trying and cooking and making things and playing with how you season it, how you cook it, what sauces you put on it, that's the actual skill that you have to build in order to feed yourself well. All right, the next thing we're gonna talk about is hydration. Speaking of hydration, this is not water, but I'm gonna take a little sip of my hot drink here for a second. 
It is morning time for me while I'm recording this and I'm currently still on my first cup of coffee of the day. And it's just so good. There's nothing like the first cup of coffee first thing in the morning. It's just unmatched, absolutely unmatched. Anyway, hydration <laughs> and gut function. Don't worry, I've already had like 30 ounces of water before I had my cup of coffee today, friends. One more sip. Hydration um, and sometimes the sources of where your water comes from, and that, that's a topic for another day, can impact the microbiome array or your bacteria in your digestive system and it can either help or hinder the variation of your bacteria within your gut. Um, so it's essentially if you have too low of water intake, um, that's going to harm the available commensal bacteria within the digestive system. Not only that, it can also have an impact on the gut lining and how healthy the gut lining is. Okay. So making sure that you are hydrating properly, how much it kind of depends on the person. Depends on your activity level, what kind of climate you live in. So like I'm very active and I live in Arizona. I live in a very dry climate. So I'm drinking even in, especially in the winter time, like at least 120 ounces of water a day. So I have my one big jug that I fill up that's 50 ounces. And then I'm usually having, um, cause I work out to some degree and I have like a protein shake after like once a day. So that's like 74 ounces right there. Plus I'll have like a couple cups of tea. That's like another 24 ounces right there. And then, you know, I'll maybe have like a couple of like sparkling waters. And so like, I'm very easily getting up to like 120 ounces a day, nearly a gallon a day of water. Um, but I also will add electrolytes to the mix too, just to help recovery, to help with energy, um, to help with just nutrient and mineral imbalances that I don't want to have to deal with. So I drink with electrolytes. I love element packets. Mm. Um, but also dealing with kind of your personal biofeedback. Like if you're drinking a ton of water and you're still thirsty or you're going to the bathroom all the time, maybe it's that we need to back off on the total amount of water and make sure that we're not having any mineral imbalances while you're consuming said water. Right. And so how much water is determined by your activity level, environment, and your personal biofeedback, but start with like a hundred ounces a day and kind of go from there and try to find your sweet spot. Actually pay attention to it for like a week or so log how much water you're drinking and how your digestive health is and how your energy levels it are just in like on a piece of paper or in a note on your phone for a week and that will kind of help you determine where it is and then if you want to try playing with adding in electrolytes add those in for a week and kind of log that information for a little while so you can see exactly where your sweet spot is for hydration okay so there's your takeaway for figuring out how much water to actually drink to support the balance of bacteria as well as support the intestinal lining. All right. And the very last thing, stress management and the gut brain connection. <laughs> you knew this was coming. Don't tell me that you thought that I was going to go an entire podcast episode without talking about stress management. You guys know better. So exploring the uh, connection between stress, the gut, and your hormone balance, we have to talk about the gut-brain axis. So the gut-brain axis is that um, where the parasympathetic nervous system um, and the enteric nervous system, which controls the digestive system, kind of meet. And if one is stressed out, like if your gut health is messed up, it's going to impact your parasympathetic nervous system. It could cause anxiety, it can cause additional stress. Likewise, if you are mentally stressed out or you have high levels of perceived stress, that's going to cause an impact on the digestive system. Haha, -ha, gut feeling. It's not just a phrase, friends. Um, and so chronic stress can impact the gut microbiome and lead to imbalances in hormones, especially hormone imbalances with 
cortisol. So utilizing meditation, mindfulness, which I think mindfulness and meditation kind of go hand in hand. I don't really kind of preach mindfulness as its own separate thing, but mindfulness is more so just an awareness of how we're responding to things. Are you aware that you're making a bigger deal out of something than it needs to be? Um, are you aware that you're blowing something out of proportion? Are you aware that you're adding things to your plate um, just so that you don't have downtime because you're not comfortable not being busy? Ooh, something to unpack in therapy later? Maybe. Um, and then also getting adequate sleep. These will all impact the microbiome and contribute to your overall hormonal well-being. So to recap, strategies to optimize your gut health, to improve your hormone balance. We talked about food quality, getting in a better variety of food, especially in the range of fermented foods, probiotic-rich foods, fiber-rich foods, and reducing the amount of processed sugars that we're eating, but still don't say no to them. Just be aware and very honest with yourself about are you kind of letting yourself off the hook by having too many things for the sake of quote-unquote balance or what have you. Um, and then we're going to also talk about um, uh, getting properly hydrated is another huge piece of the puzzle. Um, so staying adequately and properly hydrated, but playing with and monitoring your water intake, adding in different minerals, logging how you feel digestively and energetically for a week or two to kind of find where your sweet spot is. Also keeping in mind that how much water you're going to want to intake may vary depending on what is happening with the weather on any given time of year. And then also talking about focusing on managing stress, being aware of how stressed out you are, um, utilizing stress management techniques, five minutes of silence, yoga nidra, non-sleep deep rest, um, doing actual yoga, um, adequate sleep. These all positively influence gut health and contribute to your overall hormonal well-being. Okay. All right, friends, that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for being here. If you found today's episode helpful, will you please take a little screenshot, post it on Instagram stories, give me a tag at elena.m.fit. And if you have any questions or ideas of things that you want me to talk about here on the podcast today, I would love to hear from you. Chat with you guys later. Thank you so much for tuning into the What The Funk podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and a review and don't forget to take a screenshot. Tag me on Instagram. My handle is at elena.m.fit. I would love to hear what you want to hear on the podcast. I do respond to DMs. I would love to talk with all of you. I'm so excited for you being here today. Thank you so much for the support and I will see you next time. Just a quick disclaimer for the information found in the What the Funk podcast. I am not a licensed medical professional, mental health professional, or registered dietitian. The advice and recommendations given out on this channel and on this podcast are not intended to diagnose or treat any kind of medical condition or mental health condition. If you do think you have a medical condition, please speak with your medical provider. Please consult your medical provider before implementing any kind of supplement regimen or exercise regimen or nutrition regimen into your lifestyle, as well as be aware that listening to this podcast does not constitute a coach-client relationship. Thank you guys so much.